I'm Jesse Parker. And I'm Tommy Niblack. Jesse and I are super excited to share with you episode 48 of The, the Faith Share, where we ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. And on today's episode, Jesse and I are going to be tackling the tough topic of abortion. I hope you're ready. Let's get into it. Well, it is Faith Chair Friday, and Jesse and I are joined by the Holy Spirit today. <laughs> as always. As always. As always. Um, but today it's just uh, us two, and um, it uh, Jesse's hair is tight. Um, his man, your hair grows slow. No, you know what it is? I just think I think there's just a difference between uh, like a long haircut for a white guy. Yeah. Versus a cut for a black guy, you got you because you guys gotta in. have, but it's the lines. You guys right. gotta have the lines right. clean. Like with my haircut, the lines don't really matter. That's true. And I have a lighter colored beard, so you That's don't true. really see the sharp lines anyway. It I would seems probably, like the fade is still I'd be strong. More, I'd be more particular about it yeah. if it if it showed more. So yeah. like I can go two weeks. I'm cool. I know I know other people. Like if I had a shorter cut, yeah. or if I had like a line in my hair or yeah. something like that, I need it done every week. So. It's it, it's, it's just a stylistic thing. Hold on, let me. We can shoot. Well, I feel like I, I, you know what, you know, it's like I, I grew up middle class, you know, in, in the in the in the in the south end of Seattle. I'm, I feel like two cuts a month is like luxury. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to like one cut for twelve dollars as super clips. Hey, and now they the price is like forty. Somebody, my one of my bosses was like, he came in. Monday of this week, fresh cut. I was like, oh, the haircut is dope. And my other boss was like, how much was that haircut? He was like, oh, before COVID, it was like uh, $25, I think he said. And for just a regular fade, there's nothing crazy. Now it's up to $35. Oh, is that is that a barber or is that just it's like, like haircut blade? Super cuts. Oh, for real? What? Wow. I was like, uh, what? How about that for our icebreaker? What is the worst hairstyle you've ever had? I'm curious. Okay. okay. I'm curious. Uh, hold on. You can say that. You can say that in a second. Cause, uh, <laughs> oh, man. wow. You My, about to, you about to make me go all the way back. So, so dis- disclaimer for, for our listeners. Um, <laughs> uh, Oh, we're starting the Facebook Live? All right, yeah, I'm going to go live. We'll put this light on. I got me one of these, but I got a big one. You got a bigger one? Yeah, I got the 12-inch one. For real? Yeah, and and my wife has been just just taking selfies. I saw all those pictures. I bought it. For, so, like, a lot of, so we've been, because of the schedule with our school and stuff, yeah. I, I've been staying at church. Like, we're at church almost all day on Thursday, Yeah. which is when I do my Bible study on Zoom. So, but the problem with doing like zooms and stuff from my office is I have the windows right behind me. So then my face is usually dark. So I was like, you know what? After, after I saw this, that you got, I was like, let me get one of those. They, they're good. But then I was like, I got a big head. So I was like, I need a bigger one than, than the six inch. <laughs> it's got to cover all. It's got, yeah, it's got to cover, cover yeah, all this space. And then the, the, the lighting got me, but. I, yeah. These are like standard now. I don't think you can do, like you gotta have a daggum light. Yeah. 
Yeah, Pastor um, Wes is getting one now. I'm probably gonna have to just buy my wife one. Yeah, because she's never gonna let me use it. But nope. You'll be go. You'll go in there to get your light, and it'll I'm not have one be for our house office. I'm having one for the church. Office. You're gonna have <laughs> it's to. Ridiculous. You're gonna have to. Oh my god. And yeah, you got the one that's set up with that already has the the stand, the holder for the phone. Yeah. Did, did was, is yours just attached or is it's it, just is attached? Yeah. You can take off. Ours, we can take. You can take off. Like you can put it, so you can put it on something else if you wanted to. But yeah, yeah, it all came with it. And, That's tight. And it's got the little, it's got a little Bluetooth remote that I assume oh, connects see? with your phone if you wanted to take pictures. Oh. Um, but I don't, you I'm, went high I'm end. I'm not going to use that. Well, because Jen's got, we both have the watches, so technically, oh, like, okay. we have a remote at all times. Um, cool. But uh, so what? What? Technology. <laughs> What's the icebreaker? What is the worst hairstyle you've ever had? So we were we were talking about haircuts for you guys who just joined us, and now that got me thinking. Like, what is what's the worst haircut Tommy, the barber Tommy Trims, has ever had? The worst. See, was it was I, it a, was it like a, a a cultural thing of the time, or like you you said you taught yourself how to cut your hair because of how bad your mom's hair? Yeah, was. <laughs> my mom, I love her, and she was doing the best she could. Um, but it was out of necessity. It wasn't because she was like, I want to make them look good. Right. It was just, let me cut the hair because it needs to be cut. Yeah. And um, there was no style whatsoever. My hairline was a upside down you. It was just a, it was not, it was not pretty. But as far as hair, hairstyles go, um, the ones that I chose, uh, I wouldn't say they were bad, but. Thinking back on them, like I had Jerry Curl, I had Finger Waves. Just yeah. everything from the 80s. Just everything. Like you know what Finger that. Waves are? No. <laughs> so, I think if you ever saw Harlem Nights or any any of those jazz singers. Yeah, yeah. And the hair looked like it was just like super so wavy. That's, bigger, type, that's yeah. just bigger. That's what I was thinking it was. was just that's exactly. Waves. So, they call them Finger Waves. Because you have to the 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 person who does them has to shape the shape them with their finger. Right, right. There's a lot of mess in there. Uh, I had finger waves. This is in high school and college, and I had cornrows. You know what I'm saying? My hair was braided. I had uh, dreadlocks, which I loved. When did you have dreads? I had dreads. Um, once in college, so right after I had the cornrows, I got dreads. Then I shaved them off, went bald. Then I grew my hair back, had the high top fade, the super high joint. Um, and then I shaved it off. I was bald for years. And then I decided to grow hair, I think, when Seda was born. And I had dreads. They were, like, down to here. They were down on my shoulders. Wow. I loved them. What, what about you? Everybody assumed you're either. Well, that probably was too soon for them to assume you're a football player. But they all assume you're like, you were like Rastafarian. And Man. People they, make so much assumptions they, they based did. on your hairstyle. They did. Uh, mine was definitely so. So this is what I was going to say right before we got on Facebook Live. <clears throat> so um, a shout out to anybody who liked soccer back then. And I know many of you did because... It's only it's only really America in terms of the entire world that yeah. soccer only recently kind of became a thing, but I grew up watching English Premier League soccer on early like 
like six o'clock in the morning on yeah, Saturdays, yeah, yeah. my dad and I would get up Shoot. to watch the English Premier League games. In you know, and that's uh, that was like late '80s, early '90s. So everybody had like the just hideous like mullet type. Just that was just what everybody's hair was back then when it came to soccer players. So so I I had not only to have they like sure this, just just ugly mullet they type sure thing. Did. Although I never really had it cut short on the sides, it was just kind of a mane. But I also had like a red little rat tail. Oh. So it was just like it was like one ugly haircut oh. added to another hair ugly haircut. <laughs> Mullet plus rat tail. Just give me yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. So give me was, the whole thing. That was my that was my uh, my superstar soccer player. Oh my god! Wait wait wait! Did you have a rubber band at the end? Was it braided? No no. Because that no, would have just I'm, been all. I don't think so. I don't remember doing any of that. Did you know Jen when you had that? Oh no, <laughs> no. That's the funny thing about Jen, though. She she tells a story about how she used to go down and play at this one park because uh, we grew up living very close to each other, almost went to the same schools. For real, almost worked at the same place a couple times later on in our life, but just never really. But she she tells a story about going to this park and and throwing rocks at this white kid, and I was like, I swear I remember oh. that. My I think I think I remember gosh. this little brown girl throwing rocks at me. Oh my gosh! <laughs> at the park, like, that'd was, be so funny. She if was that picking was actually, her future husband. That would be super funny. If that no, was not actually, him. Yeah, him. No, we I'm didn't. We didn't him. meet until we were both adults. Oh wow, man, that's. Uh, I'm glad we don't have uh, that hairstyle anymore. There's some people that still try to rock it, but I actually saw a rat tail the other day. And I was like, I I swear mullets are no. coming back, and I don't know why. It's they like, should. Like I understand that a lot of the like late '80s, early '90s fashion is coming back right now. But th- that has been horrible. for a while. But not the, don't bring the hairstyles back. That was hideous. I mean, the clothes were bad enough, but don't right, bring, don't bring back that. And not everybody could rock them even then. True. Don't even try. True. Yo, so <laughs> what do we? Wow, that was really funny. And now we're going into. <laughs> That's the point of the icebreaker. Um, What are we getting into today? Well, uh, we are getting into a subject that has been a hot discussion topic uh, lately, especially for Tommy and I and some of our discussions. Um, But it's also obviously it's a it's a huge topic every every time there's a presidential election cycle. It's a hot topic in society just in general. Um, for sure, um, and it's definitely one of the big uh, dividers between yeah. what people call the left wing and the right wing, Republican, Democrat, whatever, um, and that is the issue of abortion. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this conversation has been really interesting for me because I, you know, I grew up in church, uh, white evangelical, you know, Protestant church, and uh, and I have to admit that even even as a pastor, like I've never really studied it out. It just, it, yeah. you, you just taught that yeah. it's wrong, and yeah. and you just accept that, and I never question that, and, you know, I've, I've uh, uh, you know, said that it's wrong and, mm-hmm. and taught that it's wrong, but without ever actually, I had a basic kind of, I understood what verses people often referenced in right. regards to it, so I, right, I right. knew that there was, you know, there was something in Scripture um, but I had never really studied on myself, and so having these conversations and then going back and looking at the actual text, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah. uh, this is this is not quite what I uh, had assumed it was. Right, right. And what I realized is it's not. 
So you want to re- you want to read that? There's not a. I, I'd have to look them oh. up, but um, I mean, you, you guys. So um, uh, in Exodus 20, uh, there is essentially a law that says that you know if two men are fighting and one of them accidentally uh, uh, strikes a pregnant woman, um, which causes her. Most people have interpreted that verse as saying miscarry, when mm-hmm. in fact the Hebrew just means cause the children to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, Before. And, and then it says, you know, if there's Before no time. further damage, you know, he just repays, you know, whatever husband mm-hmm. wants for the, the injury. Uh, so there's the idea that that possibly could mean that the children were fine and just came yeah. early. Um, or if there is actual, like, lasting damage, then um, then there's a more serious compensation required that so people have taken that verse to mean that you know uh you know god is against killing yeah. children before yeah. they've exited the womb right um and then you have the uh the new the verse in uh jeremiah oh so yeah uh, that's probably the most famous one right where he says you know i knew you when you were in your mother's mm-hmm. womb i formed you um right and so that's that's given us this sense that like god is uh 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 he is involved in forming mm-hmm. and, and knowing each and every. So that that gives rise to the idea that like the the unborn child, the fetus is a is a living being with For a sure. soul and a purpose, um, which which would then activate you know the commandment, "Thou shalt not kill." Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's essentially the two verses um, that that people have used to um, to come up with this this ban on abortion. Um, and like I said, one of them might be a little bit of a stretch, a miss mistranslation. Mm-hmm. Although it could mean it could mean um, something similar to abortion, mm-hmm. but it also it doesn't necessarily mean that the children died. Yeah, it just means that it caused an early early birth. Um, and and also that's you know that's a very limited uh, con- construct Completely. because in, because in that text because in that situation yeah it's not the father and or the mother who mm-hmm. have consented to mm-hmm. this happening mm-hmm. it's if someone causes it to happen without your yeah you know uh, um, which we have those laws today you know yeah. there's a lot of states where if you kill a pregnant woman you're not guilty of just one murder but right. you're guilty of, of two. two. Um, because because that's against their wishes, so mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't quite you can't quite blanket apply that to um, to abortion. I think the biggest one for everybody is this is this Jeremiah one. Yeah, right. I knew you in your womb, in your mother's womb. Yeah, and the the challenge as I've looked at that is um, is the you know. They teach you an exegesis. You have to look at the writing style of the book. Right. Um, and so, you know, in places where it is more symbolic or poetic in nature, you have to, to be careful that. about taking it uh, at face that's value. Right. That's right. Um, and I was talking with somebody recently, and, and you know, obviously he, he had a very different view of this. And, and I get it. Mm-hmm. We've all been taught this from, like, day mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, in that in that verse... You know, the trick about, so what we're really saying in that verse is what we're saying is that God is intimately involved in the formation of mm-hmm. every single embryo. Right. And every single fetus. Right. Um, the problem with that, if we, we su- take and, that. And it's super practical problem. Super it's practical, super practical pro- problem. Yeah, <laughs> if we accept that mm-hmm. version of, of the interpretation is 
that how do you how do you explain things that happen to fetuses you know in utero how do you explain stillbirths and right. miscarriages that happen early middle late how do you yep. still explain stillbirths and right. birth defects mm-hmm. and um and people can make lots of excuses like well this you know but it happens even when people do everything right and are right. totally healthy and never do anything to endanger that so you can't always point to somebody's but there's somebody a whole, doing something to destroy what God yeah. was trying to do. There's a whole lot wrong with that particular point of view. Like what you I mean, that's wrong because you have to take those things in consideration. Yeah. But there's so many other things you have to take in, into consideration if what the person is getting from that verse is that God God they're saying that nope, you can, abortion is not what God wants because he's forming them. He's making them, yeah. and he knows them. And they, okay. have, they have purpose, right? Are, do, you, do you actually hear what you're saying? Yeah. Did you actually map out what your thought process was yeah. Yeah. when you came up with that statement and that realization? Because there's a whole lot of holes in yeah. it yeah. as far as how you believe um, who God to be yeah. and who Jesus yeah. Was and who he is, you know. What I'm it, it really goes all the way back to episode two of this season two, yeah. where we talked about is God, God in control. control. Yeah, and and what we broke down was th- there's a misconception that is way too prevalent in the mm-hmm. church of this idea, and we use it because it comforts us. It's mm-hmm. a comforting thought when things are going crazy. Yeah, that God is intimately in. Not just involved, but in control of every right. little detail of everything that happens in the world. Like a but we natural. talked about how that that would completely erase free will, mm-hmm. and would completely erase you know the consequences of if he was intimately in control of everything to that level. Yeah, then he wouldn't be letting people sin. Mm-hmm. He would, people wouldn't find themselves in the situation and circumstances mm-hmm. they are. God is in control of the big picture, the end results. Yeah. But he has given us free will, and yeah. unfortunately, we have messed a whole lot of stuff up with that. That's right. But he does not take away our free will. Mm-hmm. That would, I mean, you simply could not form a religion out of the Bible if you take away the concept of free will. Because then you, then the, all the atheistic questions of right. why are their children dying, right, right. Them, you'd have to put all that on God, right. and suddenly he's no longer the God that right. we profess to believe in. You have to put every. you have to put Hitler on God, you got to put yeah, uh, you he, have to put everything. In. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, you have to put that interpretation of that God right. puts all authority in place. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So then you have to put that on his plate. So there's time. Like we have to understand that they're they're <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> not everything. Yeah, not everything is yeah. face value meant to be interpreted right. literally. Because there's a lot of different writing styles. And mm-hmm. the example that I gave was in 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 the scripture. Uh, uh, God and then Jesus quotes this actually later mm-hmm. in the New Testament talks about this idea that. God says he he I think it's in Psalms because he's in, he's responding Calling to David, David yeah. that he sends rain on both the righteous and the unrighteous. Um, he shines the sun on both the righteous and the unrighteous, mm-hmm. right? And and if we you know if we if we were to apply the same way that we read I knew you yeah. in your mother's womb to that, we'd be saying God intimately is in control and guides every raindrop. Well then, you know, again. So then we have to we have to every hurricane, death, every tornado, every earthquake, every eruption, every natural disaster, all of it is on his plate and and then we got to talk about oh, how many unborn children died in those natural disasters. Man. So 
like that you we you can understand real quickly how that way of interpreting those verses becomes very problematic that's right. very quickly it spirals com- we out do of it so because it's the only thing we can find in scripture that that's supports right. this ideology of abortion and the other thing that i found as i researched yeah. was that not only in biblical times was abortion uh, not necessarily commonplace, but mm-hmm. it was done. Mm-hmm. I mean, we understand in biblical times, children were important. That's right. It was a big part of your your, your, wealth. your wealth, your status. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't something necessarily that was done lightly, uh, but it definitely was done. Um, and then in biblical times, uh, it wasn't really until, like, I think it was, I was reading, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was the 1700s mm-hmm. where the Pope came out and, and with, a, with a ban of, yeah. you, you know, Abortion is against God and abortion is a sin. Until then, it had been frowned upon in the church, but never outlawed in the church. Um, and so we have to look at church history too. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't have that understanding. They yeah. didn't. They didn't lay that out. They didn't put that in. Codify that in law. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was frowned upon, obviously, because of you know it just being a life and the tendency for that to happen in, you know, relationships that are outside of marriage and, yeah. you know, things like that, but but not all of them. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you're talking about a time when it was obviously much more dangerous <laughs> to try and, and do these things. Yo, you know, everybody were, was going to die. Yeah, they were using, you know, uh, medicinal, yep. you know, plants and, you know, I don't know if they even tried surgical types of things back then. They might have, but... It was not safe yeah, so, to go I mean, under the knife. Essentially what we found is that like the history of yeah. biblical understanding of the issue of abortion is way more complicated right. and way flimsier than it's communicated in modern Christianity, right. especially in the United States. Because it take it like with other um, topics and other issues that come up um, in Christendom, there it's not just black and white. Yeah. Just because you read it there in that one instance, it it was likely that that thing was situational. Yeah. And it was only for that yeah. particular time. Yeah. But we have, like we normally do, we find things and we tend to just make them chapter and verse. We yeah. tend to make them the law. And if, if it was like that then, it has to be like that now. Yeah. Totally taking out, uh, uh, not to, or not taking into consideration the fact that people are involved, life happens, these different variables come into place. And um, I think Jesus in, Jesus encapsulated all of that mm-hmm. when he dealt with everyone he came into contact with. Mm-hmm. He, he encapsulated understanding to the max. You, you know what I'm saying? He was yeah. like, he's talking to the woman who they're about to stone because they caught her in adultery. And he's like, look... And I heard uh, one preacher say, and, and when I went back and read it, he never pointed out what she did. Yeah. He never was like, look, I know you out there hoeing and stuff. <laughs> he didn't say nothing to her about yeah. that. But that's not what we do. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, with this whole thing with abortion, it, it it's not black and white. And for... And for the people of God, Christ followers, to say, um, no, you can't. The abortion, God is completely against abortion. How do you know? Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. 
that's where I automatically. Well, how do you how do you know what God is completely against? Yeah. You don't even really know Him. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, and, and and again, it's just this. You know, this existed in biblical times, yeah. and God chose not to address it in Scripture directly. Right. Like, because what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a doctrine by taking this little piece over here and this and little piece over with, here. Yes, yes. And, and formulating an idea. Right. Right. And it's just like, and, and, and that's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it, but yeah. for it to be elevated to be this, this, this magnified, like huge primary thing to have Bro. that little amount of scripture uh, uh, support. Um, you well, we have to co- we have to question that. You yeah, know? we really have to ask a question, especially because we are forcing our religious beliefs on the rest of our fellow citizens who there are not is. Christians. That's right. Who don't believe in the Bible? Who don't have that same standard? And there's so little support for it mm-hmm. that like you really have to ask questions. I mean, even in even in that verse, as I've been thinking about and meditating on it, when he says, "I knew you," mm-hmm. right? Remember, God is all knowing, mm-hmm. so He knows every person. In the beginning of time, he knew me mm-hmm. because I existed. That doesn't mean that he knows every child because not every child comes to be born. So when he says to Jeremiah, I knew you in your mother's womb, yeah. that's because Jeremiah ended up being born and living a life. So God knows him because he knows everything beginning to end, right? So like we are applying it in ways that the text does not necessarily support so Unless it's almost, we are trying to create, create something, intentionally create right. this this ban on it, which again, like I said, when we look historically, um, when but, it first came into play, yeah. and and up until now, it has in many ways been a system of um, power and control, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? The, that's the the Pope brought it out as a way of controlling the populace in the same way that the they came out with the idea that if you commit suicide, yeah. Uh, uh, you're automatically going to hell because there was a problem with the people doing it because they were so poor and Mm -hmm. oppressed and hopeless that that suicides were were Mm -hmm. rampant uh, and probably there was an issue with abortion being Mm -hmm. rampant too because people couldn't even feed themselves. So you get pregnant and you're like, I'm I'm not going to be able to feed this kid. My kids are probably not going to last the winter. Um, So they come up with this idea. So how come no one else ever came up with that idea? Uh, the only people who talked, as I was studying, the only people who talked about it really um, in terms of scholars mm-hmm. or, or uh, theologians prior to that um, uh, talked about, um, which is the only thing in Scripture that really t- tells us about when we would consider life having started, is in Genesis yeah. when he forms the man, mm-hmm. but the man is not alive until he breathes breath into his nostrils. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the understanding of like the moment of, when the baby's born and makes its first cry, right. that's was the right. understanding. There was even a time where there was some weird stuff. I mean, I don't agree with this, and I don't think it's scriptural. I don't even know where they pulled it, but it was like mm-hmm. this idea of like up to sixty or ninety days after birth, they weren't technically they didn't have a soul yet. I don't know where they came up with that stuff. That was just that was something I found in my research. But that one makes sense to me that until right. the baby takes mm-hmm. its first breath, yeah. that's the moment at which. Right. Life happens, right. right? I mean, they had, but you know, again, culture changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're able to keep babies alive mm-hmm. a lot if they're delivered a lot earlier now. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, but then, then you change that argument. That same the argument you were talking you were talking about before. When we start to create stuff, we start to create an understanding, and then we perpetuate it throughout and then we have time. To, 
And then we have to yeah. try to back it up. And then we have to come up with, with rules right. and stuff to, to lay that. That's what we see in Scripture, right? right, right where the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees yes. had created this entire legal framework That's right. that didn't really have anything to do with God's mm-hmm. law. It was just, it was just all what they of wanted. these societal controls right. that they had come up with to try to... I, you know, it, you know, if if they were pure of intention, yeah. just to try to help people live according to yeah. the Mosaic law, um, but we also understand that many times that, that those are just systems of power and control. Mm-hmm. So I here's a question: Keep you feeling guilty and needing right. me, and right. and 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 again, if I'm the one creating the law and I'm the interpreter of the yeah. law, in the same way lawyers have jobs today because our law yeah. is so complicated. Yeah, they were giving themselves purpose and status within the society as well so there's definitely there can always be a question of of motive in that so here here's a question because here's here's where i was going with that whole creating thing because you touched on it a little bit and it made me think about why i even had the thought about you know making a blanket statement about abortion it and it being wrong and there's never there's never a time when it is right it's always wrong and shame on you if you have an abortion um, and then I'll, then I'll share a story, a uh, personal story. What then does life before embryonic stage look like? Is it because I feel like people have created this story, this scenario, this uh, scenario that, well, my baby's in heaven talking to God right now mm-hmm. as a, what, what, what are they? Yeah. Are they a baby? Or are they a full adult? And then he sit, he strikes them back down to an embryo and puts them inside of you. Like, I feel like people have created that whole type of story yeah. based on that verse yeah. in Jeremiah. Yeah. I knew you in your right, mother's right. womb. Why? And it's the thing, it's completely understandable. Right. right? I mean, my wife and I have, uh, you know, had to deal with a couple of miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, we were, we were, I don't want to say lucky, we were... I don't know, blessed enough to mm-hmm. where the miscarriages happened before we really even knew wow. we were pregnant. So you didn't have that heart-wrenching, right, right, right. you're joyful and you know that a baby's right. coming and then it's taken from you. And we know people who have had to deal, we probably all know people mm-hmm. who have had to deal deal with that scenario. Um, and of course that's painful and, yeah. and, and it hurts because you have this joy of like life coming and <clears throat> you know, as parents, I mean, you, you've got kids, so you, you know what that feeling was like, mm-hmm. right? So it's completely understandable that yeah. we would reach for that mm-hmm. comfort, mm-hmm. right? But then to use that image to then create this entire theological pillar that then somehow gets exalted in our minds beyond everything else the Bible right. talks about so much more right, to right, the point right. where essentially, like we've talked about, Abortion and gay marriage are controlling the entire political landscape of our country. It's crazy to me. It's like, and they, then it becomes they, like you, they control the political right. landscape of our country. Right. Whichever side of those two things you're on will determine who is going to vote for you. Right. And whoever can get more people to turn out to the polls will win that election. Because politicians on, doesn't know. matter what your financial plans right. are, doesn't matter what your foreign policy is. All of that is secondary. People, you, it could be good, it could be terrible. People are not going to vote for you, right. or are going to vote for you, depending on where you stand on those two issues. So, politicians know that Christians don't like abortion. So it comes like from this little tiny thing, and somehow LGBT. it became <laughs> it became yeah. this. And yeah. It's like, how, it's stupid. It's so 
major. We talk majoring in the minors Major, and that's minoring right. in the majors. Right? Yeah. So, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't understand how that could become. And I'm saying it facetiously because I do understand. But it's ridiculous how you can take something that you obviously made up and make it gospel and just tell people, no, God is talking to your kids right now before you even have them. Like, and, and not to say that whatever you, if you're out there um, uh, and you believe that, I, th- I feel like it's fine to find things to latch onto for comfort. Yeah. But then when you make it, something that you're now sharing with people in an effort to get them to think the yeah. same way. Yeah. yeah. There's a problem with that. Think of it like this. Think of, this is the picture I just got in my head when you're saying yeah. that. If you're in the middle of a hurricane yeah. and you don't have any shelter, mm-hmm. you grab onto a tree so that you don't get blown away. Right. But when the hurricane's over, you don't live in that tree. Right? Right. So like that's, when that's storms exactly hit us, yes, it. we're gonna we're gonna grab whatever comfort, whatever yeah. is gonna help us anchor mm-hmm. our emotions and our faith for, during that storm, so that mm-hmm. we don't get blown away. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, okay, they may not be perfectly scriptural right. or biblical, but we can all understand that in in the emotional storms that can happen yeah. in people's lives when crazy, terrible, tragic things happen, uh, you just reach out for whatever you can to hold you steady. But when the when, when it's, it's calmed down a little yeah. bit and you can get steady footing, you don't set up shop there, mm-hmm. right? It, it's not a permanent structure. Right. It was just it was just a, a, a safe place in the storm. To get you through, that's right. Storm. That's right. That's kind of the phrase they use, safe yeah. port in the storm. Big storm comes up, a ship goes into whatever port is closest. It's not their final destination. That's right. It's not their home port. It that's was good. just the protected place that's for good. the moment. But what we've done is we've taken that and yeah. we've matched these two verses together yeah. and we've created an entire doctrine uh, that we have used to not only force ourselves mm-hmm. on you know a good percentage of the rest of the country who doesn't yeah. think the same way we do, uh, but we've also made it a primary issue in our politics. Which, which to me is, uh, it completely sucks and it puts us uh, in a position as believers that we were never supposed to be yeah. being. Um, if I could share this story real quick. Um, I'm not sure if I ever told you this. But it's, I'll tell you it's about Satan. It's, a, it's <laughs> about how we found out we were pregnant with Satan. No, haven't told you that yet. So up until this point, um, having our third child, I was kind of like, I, I didn't want any more kids, honestly. And... Uh, and it's not that we weren't financially okay. My wife was a practicing attorney at that point. I was, I was gigging. I had steady gigs, um, and a couple commercials. So like there was there was money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, we weren't rolling in it, but there was there was money. Um, but I just didn't want any more kids. I was like, two is enough. Like diapers are ridiculously expensive. <laughs> Baby food, this is crazy. And so I was like, I just, I just want to So when we found out we were pregnant with uh, our third, it's crazy because two weeks before we found out, I had gone for a vasectomy consultation. Uh-huh. So we find out, at, after we confirm the date for the vasectomy, we find out we're pregnant. I was like, oh my God. Too little, too late. <laughs> we're having another baby. What is, and I was literally, I'm honestly, I was like, God. Why are you doing this to us? Yeah. Why are you doing this? What you see, like we're we're trying to save money to get a house, da 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 da. And um, 
uh, and I, I'm not this person now, but I was going through when this was happening. And I actually said these words uh, to, to Mariah, my wife. I was like, babe, uh, not to be I, like this. It's a joke, but I'm half serious. Like, I want to name this child something that means God doth have sorrow on us. God shows sorrow to us. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, why is this happening? Mm. Why are we having a third child? And I, w- I was seriously considering, babe, maybe we should have an abortion. Because this is, this is, this is crazy. Long story short, we, we got some great counsel about it. And uh, we obviously did not have an abortion. And, and our daughter, Seda, is one of the best things that, one of three best things that ever happened to us. Um, but I wanted to share that story because in that instance, in that particular situation, I was choosing for us or putting it on the table for us not to have a kid just because we didn't want one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And in that instance, for me, for us, I believe that that was something that God did not want. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I, we were taking into our own hands and making the decision based on Honestly, selfishness. Yeah. Well, that's not what we want right now, so we're not going. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So in that particular instance, for us, it was something that we believed that God did not want us to do. Right. But there are other inst- instances that are not that clear cut. Right. And that have nothing to do necessarily with what the person wants. It's, I can't, I cannot have yeah. a baby Yeah. right now. Yeah. Or... I don't want this baby because that guy raped me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, yeah. there, we can't say to a woman, my, I have someone in my family that had an abortion. God loves this person. Mm-hmm. I love this person. This person, it, God is using this person's life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they had an abortion. You know, you know what I mean? So I, I feel like we are locking, not only locking God, into a box, but we're locking people into a box. Like they're not worth redemption now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not worth redemption because you had, a, yeah. had an abortion. Uh, and the other issue, um, the same, gay same. rights. You're not worth redemption because because yeah. you, you know what I mean. So they had some research come out recently talking just about the the level of uh, depression, narcotics, and suicide mm-hmm. in, in the uh, LGBTQ community mm-hmm. of kids who were you know suffered abuse or were kicked out of their Christian homes. Good Lord. And it's just like, yeah, and again, it comes, there's been a lot of discussion. Like, you, you know, you can't be pro-life unless you're pro all of life. So it's not just, you know, this conversation, which I think is, is right and fair to say you're not pro-life, you're pro-birth. That's right. Because let's make it not, clear. We're not willing as a society to take care of these children. And That's I, right. I did the math because they That's said, right. like, in the United States, I think it was, like 47 million abortions mm-hmm. since Roe versus mm-hmm. Wade. So I'm doing the math over the generation. I'm like, that would be like an extra 150 million people in the United States today. That would... Which would be... Could have possibly been 50 over percent million larger, jobs. 15% larger population. Like, what would we be doing right now with all of those people? Especially considering that, you know, a large percentage of them would have been yeah. born uh, into low-income or poverty. That's right. 
like <laughs> we that, think I, we're think we're, we think we're facing social strain right. right now. Like you know, so so again, it's like you can't. You can't be. You can't just take the one part and not be for all everything Absolutely. that comes after the fact, too, right? So that's what jacks my wife up. She's like, "Why are you saying you're pro life? You yeah. pro life, you pro life, but you don't care about the one, the girl who got pregnant. Yeah, you don't care about helping her, mm-hmm. and you won't care about the baby after it's born to help it. Yeah, to help the baby and the mom who are who are in this low income, uh, below poverty, yeah. in most cases." Uh, you won't help them yeah, yeah. at all. And how much? Yeah, how much more will you be having to pay in welfare that everybody complains about? So right. It's, you know, it, it's it's a very complicated issue. But I think at the core of it, what I've found mm-hmm. is that the biblical basis for a blanket ban on abortion mm-hmm. is shaky. Yeah. I, I I am not God, so I can't mm-hmm. say it's it's completely wrong. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Here, here's one of the points that I found when I was doing some research that I thought was very compelling. God in the Old Testament yeah. goes into great detail in many different instances mm-hmm. about regulations for all kinds of aspects of society, including a lot of things having to do with all women's That's sexuality right. and mm-hmm. reproductivity. Mm-hmm. Very and never addresses <laughs> something that seems as serious as the issue of abortion, which we, again, this was something that was done back then. So it would have been had, something to be addressed. There was a multiplicity of, of rules. All kinds of random details. Like, that crazy you're like, stuff. You're like, okay, I get it, but that seems pretty right. specific for you to need to address it. But never once came out with something the same and, you know. He talked about oysters and, and clams. And anyone who kills an unborn child is a murderer. Right. Or, you know, you shall not. Never says anything about when life starts. None of that. And so... That to me is telling as well. He yeah. never made a a uh, uh, an affirmative statement about right. it, right? Um, even though it was a known practice and issue at the time. Yeah, um, like they were just it was left and right almost with it. Like yeah. they, it wasn't. Kids were important, but they were not as important as someone becoming president yeah. t- today in our yeah. in our day and age yeah. because they were it was it was like ah oh, this is not a good move for this family so we're not mm-hmm. going to yeah. you know so and then you have the issue i forget which book i'm going to say leviticus because it sounds like something that would be in leviticus <laughs> but it could be anything between exodus deuteronomy right and right but i'm going to say leviticus because i can't remember exactly but you guys can look it up there was also this weird uh procedure uh-huh that they would do if there was an accusation without witness proof that a, a wife had been unfaithful. Oh, drinking. They the... can, yeah, they could make them drink. And so the it doesn't really describe what's supposed to happen, but the the understanding <laughs> the understanding of it is that this this was a concoction that would cause if you had been unfaithful and impregnated by another man, right, uh, would cause a, would would cause an abortion. Would cause That's a right. Miscarriage. That's right. And that when that came out, that would be the evidence to the council that you had indeed been unfaithful. That's right. And of course, that's only going to work if you know if you hadn't had sex with your husband. And or that was but, the word directly from God to the people. Right, right. That but was not again. We yeah. We, that was that the, was God. The scripture doesn't tell us exactly yeah. what the outcome or the or or the 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 mechanism of right. the test was. Right. So um, you know, so I don't want to. I'm not saying that affirmatively. Yeah. That oh God had a procedure that caused abortion. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that. Yeah. To me, is as much evidence on one side as what we have on the other side. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like, the issue really becomes to me, and this is what this is what it really came down to yeah. for 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 our conversation was in the context of all the stuff that we're affirming and allowing in the political sphere, and even within the church in our own lifestyle, the things that we turn a blind eye to and allow wow. sexual immorality. Wow, you said this uh, the other day on your divorce, Facebook page. Yeah, um, yep. um, pornography, mm-hmm. masturbation, uh, deceit, mm-hmm. theft. Uh, cheating, lying, bearing false witness. Yep. The Bible talks about those repeatedly. That's right. So it, when you're looking at right. the, the the amount of scripture that backs up that these are sin and an abomination, mm-hmm. you've got this big stack, and we turn a blind eye to all of that. Yep. We're willing we're willing to allow all of a, mm-hmm. a bunch of that. I mean, the p- political sphere right now, we've mm-hmm. decided that it's okay that the candidate we're going for is as many many evangelicals represents a whole bunch of these things that God calls sin and abomination. And then over here, there's this little tiny bit of scripture that may or may not suggest that God is against abortion. And we've made that the primary issue. And the world's looking at us like, you're trying to... and, 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 you know, we'll get into this, too. Like, even Gosh. if God is against abortion, should yeah. we be forcing that rule on non-believers? No! That would be part two of this conversation. But, <laughs> yeah. but we've made that. The world's looking at us and they're saying, so you want to control what we do with right. our bodies. Right. It, it, when it comes to abortion and gay marriage. Oh, come on. But you're not, you're not dealing with any of the stuff. The that is stuff. sin in your in your right. life that your your God and your scripture and your savior addressed time and time and time and time and time again. The main one, love. You don't even love me, but you want me to do what you do. Yeah. You want me to live how you live, but you don't even yeah. care about me that much. You just care that I'm doing what you want yeah. me to do. You it's it's like going into the jungle and telling a lion to now become a vegetarian. Because that's what you think he should be. Mm-hmm. I think you should eat broccoli, sir. Lion. No, it's, it's that, not. It's not. It, it's not that. It's putting Shoot. a lion in a cage and only feeding it broccoli. <laughs> we're not suggesting to people. We're not saying, hey, you know what? We're Christians and we believe that life starts at conception. Right. It is. And we way really more think that abortion that. is that's is right. is not a right thing, and we want to encourage you not to do it. That's and right. Here, we're, you know, and some organizations are providing services for yeah. that adoption services or care. Bring your child to us; we will take care of it. Yeah, you know. But then we got to talk about the rate of yeah. of sexual and child abuse within Christian circles as well, right? But but putting that all aside, what we what that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is saying we're going to make this illegal. We're going to force you to not be able to do this because of this is what we think. Why don't we want to talk about it? Why don't we want to talk about the other stuff? Because that's, that's because, because because. It is so much easier for us to point at the sins of others and imagine. We've talked about mm-hmm. this in the, before. Imagine ourselves to be righteous warriors yep. for the kingdom by yep. by condemning and even violently in the in the in the in the the proud tradition of the Crusades and yep. Old Testament yep. war of the Hebrews and Israels, even violently, forcefully, uh, stopping you from committing what we call sin, but not dealing with any of the sin in myself. Right. right. 
How, because how that's we, painful. We don't want to look at the sin ourselves. We don't want to change. No. That's uncomfortable. That's painful. That's challenging. <laughs> that requires sacrifice. That requires us to yeah. live differently. Requires lifestyle change. We don't want to do any of that. So it's way easier for me to point the finger point at your sin and condemn right. you. And use all of my anger and my frustration, even that I harbor because I know the guilt and shame within myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I spew it all at you while never dealing with any of my own stuff. That's easier and way more comfortable for people. Because they, cause other people can see me pointing out you're wrong. Yeah. Without ever, within, out, they don't know what happens in closed, behind closed doors. They mm-hmm. just see, oh, that person is a champion for, for all that's yeah. good and all that's yeah. right. Yeah. But behind closed doors, it's, it, it is a lie. I, I can say that because that's how I, I used to live like that. It yeah. was like, when I'm out, you're going to see the good, the righteous. But when I'm behind closed doors, that's when I'm going to do all whatever I want to do. Right. And, it's, and the definition of integrity is you are the same yeah. when nobody's watching. Yeah. The same. And we don't like that. We definitely don't like that, which is why we can say abortion is a black and white issue. It's a black and white. Yeah. It's wrong. Period. You yeah. you yeah. can't. But you but you, you can't. Li- but you lying on your taxes every every year. It's Thank not, you. Not a black and white. Thank issue. you. Right. Thank. Uh, no. You looking? You cheating it's fine. on your God life wants me to be prosper, uh, prosperous, and um, the government is stealing from me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to steal from them. And you, you, you know, you committing adultery every time you look at pornography. Come on. You know, behind your wife's back. That's not a black and white issue. That's not a black. She's not meeting my. We can make an excuse. We know how to make an excuse for, for everything we want. Yeah. And half the time, the stuff right. we make excuses for ourselves about is the yeah. very thing we are the most that's right vibrantly uh, and actively outwardly against in that's other right. people's lives. That's right. You know. You know what I say to that is the is the age old go go back to your your playground recess days in elementary school takes one to know one. Takes one. <laughs> Listen, I I I saw your 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 page this week. And you were going in. But the craziness that ensued after, like your initial posts, yeah. and some and, and you hit on abortion, um, was like outrageous. It was completely outrageous. Like I don't understand what it is, uh what is what it is. That's keeping people so tied to the people that are believers. Yeah. You're you you claim to be a believer. What in this world is tying you to the world more than I mean James said if you love this world more than you love God, you are at enmity with you there is a gap between mm-hmm. your relationship or the relationship you think you have mm-hmm. with God. He said, "There's a gap if you love the world more than you love him, and I and I feel like they're not getting it. Yeah, I feel like there, there's it. you know, let's. I want to flip the other side of that coin though, because mm-hmm. I think there's the there's a different side of that coin that I people think people need to face that's more important, especially mm-hmm. right now. If you hate the world more than you hate the sin in your own life, <sighs> you also don't know God." And that's it. That's that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Cut. We make it all about love because <laughs> then we can just focus on whether we do nice things yeah. or we volunteer. But it's also about the the 
the the animosity yes that we we project to the world yeah as the church right now yeah and they don't see us they don't see us applying that same animosity to our own sin and so they have every single right in the world to call us hypocrites. And the Bible talks about it. I, I put this in. The Bible talks about being two-faced. Mm-hmm. talks about being uh, uh, serving two masters. Mm-hmm. It talks about being lukewarm. Mm-hmm. It, you, know, it, you can't serve two masters, all, all that kind of. It talks about that. And it's the context of you cannot be split. Mm-hmm. You cannot hate your brother and love God. The, mm-hmm. First John. First John tells us that you can't hate your brother and love God. You can't hate the people that he loves and not hate the sin in your own life. That's it. You can't hate the people that yes. he loves. And and to me, this is this <laughs> is what I I don't know why I hadn't made this connection before, but when it comes down to this political ideology that's in the Christianity in America right now and in the church um, that has that has uh, really. Um, set up the two sides of yeah. our political sphere landscape yeah. in, the, in the United States right now. It, it's simply this is this is exactly what the parable of the speck and the plank was all about. Yeah. Because what the world sees and all these people who we're trying to control and force to That's live according it to right our, there, all they see is me us the church Christians walking around with these big old planks in our eyes with all this sin in our lives. And we're trying to pick out the the thing in there. Let me get the little speck in your eye, and it's we're even, just we're making a mess of it. That's the whole point of that. The it's point even of bigger than this, but yeah, just oh, as yeah. a visual, it's this, it's like a two by a four by. Let me put this whole guitar right, right here in my. And we're trying to get the little speck out of their eye, right? And it, and the whole idea is like deal with your sin, yeah. Before trying to to point any fingers and deal with anyone else's. The, sin. And the point behind that, and then, um, just to stretch that out, drag that out. And what Jesus was saying, you can't, because of the plank in your eye, you can't even see. Yeah. You can't even see anyone else's issue. Not only that, but you're going to be trying to find it, you're going to smack him in the head with a two by four sticking out of your eye. And that, isn't that basically what's been happening? It's like, oh, we want to, we want to help you fix this sin in your life of either LGBTQ, homosexuality, same sex marriage, whatever, and abortion. Or, or abortion. We want to help you fix this sin in your life. So, so, and we're just smacking just them around, just bam, 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 bam. Turn. What'd you say? Bang. Yeah. What? Huh? And I'm willing to do it by lying, cheating, right. stealing. Right. I'm willing to overlook. Uh, you know, every sin in the book in the politicians who I elect to take care of these two issues. And as I put in my post, there's another verse where God lists seven abominations. That's right. And and I would argue that you know that um, the the right wing right now, mm-hmm. in terms of ideology and specifically um, in Trump, represent at least six of those. With without, but a I, doubt. I would without a doubt. I would argue that what we've seen in terms of foreign policy, that the, the one I'm mm. giving him the pass on as president is the that his hands are guilty of innocent blood. Yeah. But we also know how many civilians and non-combatants have been killed in the Middle East. Bro. Um, so, so, like, so we're like, I'm cool with all of that as long as you take care of these. Right. So I'm cool with seven abominations. Why? As long as you take care of the two abominations I really have an issue with. Why? But nobody... Nobody, you president, you pat, nobody better talk about my abominations. Don't talk about the fact that I'm really racist. And don't talk about the fact that um, 
the only reason why I side hug is because I'm lusting for every, after every man's wife in here, yeah. in this church. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't talk about none of that stuff. Um, Don't talk about the fact that this is my third marriage. What I, I, so, to answer the question, because somebody, somebody, and everyone's like, yeah, but you never said whether or not abortion is a sin. What's the answer? The this is what I and, just to push keep, back, keeping your story in yeah. in in mind. Uh, disobedience to God is sin. Okay, and so, <laughs> so what 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 I, he's saying to you? I don't think a do I don't you obey think, that. I don't think yeah. anyone should enter in into having an abortion lightly. Yeah, and like you said, I you know you're like despite the circumstances, I felt like God did not want us to do that yeah. at the time. That's the most important thing. Yeah. God wasn't saying I'm against all abortion. Yeah. He's saying this right now. Yeah. I want this child to be born. Yeah. Do not abort this child. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I I know people who who you know uh, their parents have children with uh, serious uh, special needs mm-hmm. that they knew about before they gave birth. Mm-hmm. And same same story. Yeah. They felt like they considered it. Yeah. And God told them, "No, I want you to. I want. I want this child to be brought into the world." But I also know people who that's not not true. That's not the case for yeah. That they didn't like, feel that like that a family member of mine. Yeah, they so, they they were upset when they did it and after. Yeah, but they heard God audibly let them know. Yeah. Listen, I, I've I've covered yeah. that. Yeah, my son covered that. Yeah, yeah. So what, what my personal feeling is is that. There's pro- there's there's science mm-hmm. um, and understanding to support the assertion that life starts at, at any place in, in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that you're well within your rights and well with science mm-hmm. to to interpret that life starts at conception. Mm-hmm. Um, that life starts when the heart beats. That life starts when you know an embryo, a fetus is uh, viable to be removed from the mother and still survive, yeah. or when it takes its first breath. Anywhere, I think that you can support that. Um, but I think that we we and and Paul talks about this in mm-hmm. Corinthians. Whatever your conscience is, that's right. If you violate that, that's you right. are sinning. That's right. But it's your conscience. Mm-hmm. And so this is why I, 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 what I don't see in Scripture is a mandate strong enough to justify making a law of it, mm-hmm. even if I believed that that was part of our purpose as a church, mm-hmm. which I don't. We are we, the, the Bible says that if you are not a spiritual person, mm-hmm. you cannot understand spiritual right. things. If you don't have Christ and the Holy Spirit in you, you cannot understand, not only cannot understand the standards of Christ, mm-hmm. The standard of Christ is would be just, would be hopeless for you. To you. That's right. You, ha- you not only not understand it, you have no hope of ever living mm-hmm. up to it without God inside of That's you. That's right. So it's actually the opposite of love. It's the the height of cruelty for us to apply biblical standards to people who do not know God because they have no hope of ever meeting mm-hmm. that standard. Mm-hmm. We're actually making it worse for them. We're actually making it worse for them. And so I definitely don't believe, but. I th- what I think is it should be up to people. If the church decides that abortion is not something they support because the church says, you know what, we believe that, and I'm talking about the, the whole as church. The body so, of Christ. You know, as the Christian church, even globally, if we mm-hmm. all came to an agreement, we're, we've decided that life begins at conception. That's amazing. Yeah. Hold that standard. It's not our place to make a law for everyone else to have to follow. That That's standard. right. 
If you don't believe that abortion is right, don't have an abortion. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe an abortion is right, feel free to counsel and encourage other people not to do it. But don't make a law. That's right. And and beyond that, as a criminal justice major, as as a law student, as somebody who was going to go into a legal career before mm-hmm. God called me into ministry, there's nothing in the Constitution that deals with this. So I feel we are actually violating the law mm-hmm. by using the Supreme Court Wow. To either uphold or strike down laws that we don't agree with when it comes to something like abortion. That's just not. The only thing that you could argue speaks to it in the Constitution is you have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. So if you decide that life begins at conception, you could apply the Constitution. But that's applying a religious. uh, Right. Again, we're back to Within the Constitution that says you're supposed to have freedom of religion in this country. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying you can have freedom of religion, but you have to act according to Christian standards, because mm-hmm. that's what we're going to make law. And, and Wow, man, we're, it's, that's yeah. crazy. It is crazy multifaceted, yeah. but, I'm, yeah. but, I, but I, I'm confident in saying that um, the primary standard that I think is, what is your conscience? And I, I that love makes that. it sin or not sin for you. I love that. And we don't have the right to force our idea. And that's what, mm-hmm. basically what Paul says. If you're cool with eating meat sacrificed to idols, that's cool Dope. for you. Don't do it in front of someone else who's not cool with That's it right. and, and, and encourage them to violate their conscience. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the mask thing we talked mm-hmm. about. You mm-hmm. may feel like it's not a big deal. You don't need to wear a mask. Blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But don't do that around somebody whose conviction is that you should wear a mask because right. you're encouraging them to violate their conscience. And the Bible says yeah. not only do you encourage them to sin, mm-hmm. the Bible says you are sinning against your brother or sister if you do that. And that's the thing. That's the thing. That has That is the issue for me throughout this whole thing is that you care about your, and and Paul talks about, he uses the word maturity. Um, I like saying strength Mm -hmm. uh, just to put it in. Like if you're stronger than me, don't make fun of me because I'm weaker. Yeah. I I love that because you You, can think of it like a gym. If you're sitting there, you're benching 250. Right. Like good on you. Right. If your homie who's never gone to the gym before sits down, you're not going to throw that 250 bar and he's going to die. That's right. You're going to be like, okay, how much can you handle? All right, let's bring it down to 100. Right. And then you'll help him. And then you don't make fun of him because he can only bench press 100. That's right. Because you started off at 100. That's right. And that is is someone who's truly looking out, to to put it in. That's someone who's truly loving. Truly loving. Because you're like, yeah, I see that you're not where I am, mm-hmm. but I'm going to help. I'm going to lovingly help you. Yeah. And not, and it's not forcing that person. You're not saying I'm, I'm consciously making an effort to make this person get to where I'm at. No, it's, I'm going to help you to grow to whatever level you're supposed to grow to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, um, I, I feel like that. I don't feel like I know that is not happening. People are taking advantage of the strength that they believe they have or yeah. the, the maturity they believe yeah. they have. And looking on yeah. other people who are weaker, who are, are, are presumably weaker, yeah. and they're saying, oh, you you must not know God because you, you, you're you undecided on abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait a second. Why, are you, why do you think that? You, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and again, and it, and it all it all goes back to, and this is this is the chapters that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. I'm writing the section I'm in in my book right now is about Jesus as teacher. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the things that he taught that 
you know, that blew people's minds that were contrary yeah. to what they already knew and understood and, and how he reshaped and reformed the law. Yeah. The Bible says he, he fulfilled its purpose, but he definitely reframed it from being the law of Moses wasn't, was exactly like our law is today. It was a it, it's an external control mm-hmm. to, to control behavior with the fear of punishment, mm-hmm. right? Which doesn't change anyone's heart. Where yeah. we understand this when we talk about racism, like <laughs> the first step is we need to outlaw it. <laughs> Because we know we can't change everyone's heart. We just need to make them have to think, them and cops and whoever, they need to really have to think about it before Mm -hmm. they commit a racist act because they need to know that there's going to be consequences, right? That's the law of Moses. But the Christian law, the law of Christ, transferred into a context of love and said, I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to change you from the inside Mm -hmm. because I understand if I change your heart, Mm -hmm. your behavior will change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once but, your perspective changes, yeah, your um, your actions change. Yeah. But what we've been trying to do is we've been trying to do what God already tried to do, that didn't work. The law was unable to bring righteousness into the earth. Thank you, Paul. It was it was in, it was, in, it was right. unable to do it. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly what we keep trying to do. We keep trying to create legislation and laws that codify what we consider Christian morality. That's right. That make as, people... as if controlling their actions would right. make them righteous. And it's not. Mm-hmm. We need to be we need to be working on the heart. Mm-hmm. And that's that's another one of the things where I'm just like, I don't I can't I'm I don't agree with the magnitude of the resources mm-hmm. that the Christian church in America has devoted to these political and legislative and legal victories. Bro. We need to be that's reaching people one by one and changing their hearts. What does that sound like, And then all like, this though? other stuff will go away. What does that sound like, though? The same, con- the exact same conditions conditions Jesus appeared in. Yeah. The exact same conditions. They're wanting to overthrow. They want power in government. They want their position back. The Jewish people want their position back that Rome had come in and, and taken. Mm-hmm. They were oppressing them, and they didn't want that anymore. And they thought Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, meant, well, that exact word meant anointed to be king, mm-hmm. earthly king, ruler. Yeah. And they wanted him to change their physical yeah. position, yeah. their physical yeah. uh, outlook and outcome. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not here for the outside. I'm here for the inside. And... Um, it's the exact same thing now, and it's hard to watch our uh, our brothers and sisters just out there like yeah. like clamoring yeah. Yeah. for this to be right, yeah. for earth to yeah. be right. Paul said the only thing the law did was condemn us. That's right. The only thing the law did was condemn us. That's the death. only thing. It showed us how and much so we only needed thing, The only thing we're That's doing right. by creating these laws is we're condemning people to mm-hmm. death. It, it's not. It's not changing the, who their heart, and so it's not changing their relationship with yeah. God. He, here's the thing: if we created a perfect society where all of the laws perfectly reflect reflected the standards of Christ, then you know the only thing that would accomplish we would all be criminals. I was just. I was, that's what I was like. Then what? And, and we'd and all what? be felons, right? And nobody could vote, right? <laughs> Like that's that's it, all that that would, would be that would not tale. that would not reconcile us to God. Have you it seen Handmaid's Tale? Us, I haven't. It would, it would, it would be not that. give us salvation. <laughs> all it would ensure is that every single one of us would be breaking the law every single that's day right. because we're all failing. That's right. And we need to stop focusing on how other people are failing. Mm-hmm. And we, the church, 
And we've mm-hmm. talked, talked about something like Paul says, it's not my job to, to judge the outsider. That's right. But he says, it's not my job as the leader to judge outsiders. That's right. He says, but it is your job to judge those inside the church. That's, so a lot of people say, like, well, my well aren't you doing that? Well, listen, I'm talking to people who are Christians. So I'm that's talking right. to the church. That's right. And the Bible says that I have the right to call out mm-hmm. and to judge when I'm seeing unbiblical activity that's in right. the church. So that's, that's what we're doing. And we're not pretending to be perfect. Un, un, un unchristlike because yeah. you made the yeah. difference yeah. The... not unbiblical right because right. <laughs> that's part of the yeah, yeah. unchrist thank you that's a good that's a good uh, uh, delineation unchristlike the in the yeah. church then we have to call it out yeah right even even we our esteemed to. president says that he's a uh, Presbyterian well so in then that we can case, call it out we can call it out. Yeah. So if you, so, yeah. Right. Because so, you are now if you're gonna are my commit, brother. If you're going to commit the, uh, you know, ab- right. abomination of dishonesty, if you're going to commit the abomination of false witness, if you're mm-hmm. going to commit the abomination of shedding innocent blood, if you're going to, if you're going to commit those abominations, I'm going to call you out on it. Right. And I'm not going to allow you, I'm not going to say it's cool for you to do that as long as you wipe away this one abomination. That's right. That's not a good trade, guys. One abomination for five abominations for seven abominations. That's not a good trade. That's a bad trade. I don't know if you guys just know that. I don't know if you guys are all just failing in the stock market or what, but that's a bad trade. You guys, that's do you funny. guys all just finish at the bottom of your fantasy That's league? funny. No, like, no, that's gonna, funny. That's a bad trade. That's hilarious. And, and you know, I, I, post, I, posted, a, I posted an article from MSNBC, and I forget what the source was mm-hmm. for their, I think, I can't remember mm-hmm. whether it was the Sentinel or... Something, but um, but they were publishing. They were they were talking about how you know some of the reports they've gotten from some staff members, you know, from Trump about how he talks about Christians behind closed doors versus how he talks about in public. But really got me was at the end of the article they had this quote where it was basically saying like, and this is the view of the world of the church is yeah. that you know this is they, him they, yeah. saying 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 no, no no this this is just this is the writer oh, okay after after all this stuff and he's just saying you know basically saying but. This this is the this is the deal that mm-hmm. the evangelical church made at the beginning with right. him. Was that we're going to overlook all of all of all right. of your antics, all of right. all of your indiscretions, all of your, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, scandals. Mm-hmm. We're going to overlook all of that as long as you appoint appoint right right wing judges to the Supreme Court. So that we can win the legal battles that we want to win, so that we can make this country what we want this country to be. As long as you do that, oh my god, like we're we're, we're willing to look past all yeah. of that. And so he was saying, you know, so I, he's like, I don't, I don't foresee basically that that any of these people who read this article are going to be shocked or dismayed or change right. their support at all. And and essentially that that's the agreement, mm-hmm. that's the lack of integrity, and that's that's this this backhanded, backwatered you know, dark back room deal that the, the evangelical church has made with yeah. with uh, the president that this is what we want from you and we're willing to support you even in the face of all this other mess as long as you do this or that. And it's just, it's just, it's not, it, it not only yeah, is it not scriptural, it's not it's Christ-like, it's but, but it's, it's, um, it's not a good look. Is it to the my, people my dad we're supposed to say it's a shameful God. It's a shameful God. Yeah, it's not. A, oh it, we have to. We really have to take a step back and think about what we look like. Yeah. And I, I put it, I put it in a, in a, in a post on social media today. Mm. I said, look, guys. <laughs> essentially, we're a prostituted bride right now. Like we've prostituted ourselves at the, 
we prostituted ourselves, our integrity, our righteousness, our holiness, um, our Christ-likeness at the feet of anti-abortion and anti-gay marriage. We prostituted ourselves at the feet of that. And I don't know how they became such integral core things when the Bible speaks. Those two things. Even homosexuality. He talks about, it's only mentioned two, three places in scripture. He talks, One time God in and Jesus talks about all this other stuff that we're yeah. allowing and trying to blind eye tie and just being fine with. He talks about this stuff so much more. Mm-hmm. And, he, and the, the early church was called out for this stuff so mm-hmm. much more. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how those two things became so important that we were willing to, to lay down ourselves. Uh, and really, and ultimately, it's just like, yeah, we're not a bride waiting for the, the bridegroom. We're prostituting ourselves yeah. right now. Because we have a lot of spots yeah. and a lot of wrinkles. And that's why, for me, it's not about, oh, you have your opinion, you have my, I have mine, and mm-hmm. you know, agree to disagree, and it's a free country. And No, if you're part of the church, nah. I'm not, I'm not letting you get away with that you, because this, this is destroying the gospel. We are destroying the church right now, um, and we're doing it for something that's not even a primary issue. Gee, if, if, if we're really followers of Christ... We have the perfect example of Jesus denying himself in the garden. He literally sat there and said, it just in layman's terms, because scripture could scripture can sound too poetic for us to really grasp the meaning. Mm-hmm. What we read is him saying, if this cup, if there's any way this cup can pass, so be it. But not my will. Yeah. Your will be. What he's basically saying is, God, I don't want to do this. Yeah. This sucks. Is there any hurt. other way because you showed me, I remember you showed me the the um the tape before I came here and this is the part that I told you when I was before I came that man, do we have to do it like that? And is now it's time for me to do it? Yeah. Look, I don't want to do it. But because this is your plan. But because what comes after this is going to be amazing. And because you love them and I love them, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the most perfect examples of sacrificing your will. And I feel like why can't our brothers and sisters that are watching this, that are hearing this, that have, that have, that are kneeling at the feet of abortion and, and, and uh, same-sex marriage, those issues, why can't you set your why can't you kill your will? Sacrifice it like like Jesus did. If you claim to be a Christ follower, sacrifice your will. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like what Jesse said, and he's you're hundred percent right, the world is looking at us. Yeah. Like y'all are a fraud. Yeah. You're and and will fast become irrelevant because we will not have the mark that Jesus said we should have so that the world can know that we are his followers, and that is love. Yeah. We, we won't have it. Cause they, we don't have it because they don't see it. Yeah. Or yeah. they're not yeah. seeing it. Yeah. The, sim- the simple fact is when you look at Jesus, mm-hmm. and even when you look at the rest of the New Testament, the apostles' letters and the epistles and all that, they never condemn the sin of the world. Ever. They condemn the sin in the church. Jesus never condemned the sinners that he came across. He condemned the religious people 
who didn't understand God properly and were teaching his people wrong and couldn't see. They didn't have eyes to see. It's written they didn't right have there. ears to hear. It's written and that's right what, there. That's what I'm saying right now. I finally came to the realization. I'm like, look, God, Jesus dealt with the same thing. Yeah. Like, this is really clear. And yet people are so entrenched in these belief systems. They don't have eyes to see and they don't have ears to hear. We probably should have prayed that at the beginning of this uh, we Lord, have, give him. I'm, I'm, a, I'm praying that right now as yes. people listen to this when it gets published yeah. on Monday. God, I pray that they would have eyes to see and ears to hear. In because Jesus without name. that, without that. I mean, when Jesus was telling the, I was reading this, when Jesus was telling the disciples about the the new, mm-hmm. the law of Christ version mm-hmm. of, of uh, divorce and adultery. Yeah. And he said, you know, you know, if any man uh, even uh, looks divorces his wife, uh, yeah. um Except if she's unfaithful, he commits adultery. And the, the disciples' response was hilarious. They were like, well, then we no yeah, one should get married. Right. Like, marriage is like, yeah, they were like, what? And Jesus said, uh, not not everyone who can accept this, but only yeah. the ones who God the makes able. Who... Right? And so, like, I understand, like, it requires God's ability for us yeah. to see the truth and God's ability to break out of these yeah. entrenched mindsets. And that's that's all we can pray. Yeah. All we can hope to do is just speak the truth into the atmosphere and then pray that people have eyes to see and ears to hear. That's all Jesus did. He didn't force anyone. He didn't stop if there was some, one person who didn't accept it. Yeah. He was like those. He constantly said, if you those who have ears to hear mm-hmm. and eyes to see, do you- listen to what I'm about to catch the truth I'm about to drop. And I feel, uh, I believe that when, first of all, I believe that prayer and I agree with that prayer, that God gives them uh, eyes to see and ears to hear. When he does that and if they allow him to do that, I just think that once you understand, have a better understanding of the grace that God has showed you in your life, the faithfulness he's shown, um, these type of things like you realize their level of importance yeah. on the scale of um, the faithfulness that he's shown you. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, wh- why, why is that important? Why is that more important than the person who is considering abortion right now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they need to know the love of Jesus. And I know it. So let me go show them some love right, right now. And um, so with God opening their eyes and, uh, and opening their ears, I, I also pray that God reveals to them the magnitude. In some way, because I, I posted this yesterday, I had a moment where, <laughs> and I said that my heart and my mind were perfectly aligned with my soul and spirit and mm-hmm. understanding the magnitude of God's faithfulness in my life. And um, I didn't say in the post what I had done after that, but I literally, I just fell. I literally fell because I was like, holy crap. I've wasted so much time harping on points that were really only about me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Really only about me looking more holy to people than actually yeah. caring about people. And um, that's what a, 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 rel- a, a revelation of God's faithfulness and God's love will, will do to you. Yeah, It'll make you start seeing other people the, the way God sees us. Yeah, Because he overlooked. He, 
Jesus' blood covers all our stuff. He covers all our stuff. But we don't look at people like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like, oh, she had an abortion. They want to have an abortion. Yeah. They're in a, uh, we're a gay to marriage. Love our neighbor, and the definition of love says, and it covers a multitude of sins. Oh, we don't a cover multitude any, we of don't cover anything for people. We point it out, call it out, criminalize it. We don't cover anything for <laughs> No, we don't. Oh man! I mean, I, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm walking with a young man right now yeah. uh, through. You know, he's. You know, needed to walk through a journey to get you know free of uh, you know lust and pornography. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, we, we knew each other, but we hadn't talked in a while. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was just like, you know, the reason I've reached out to you is because I kind of tried to do this in my own church. And all of a sudden people in the church knew stuff about what was going on in my life because people can keep their mouth shut because we, because we're so eager, so excited to tell other people about how other people are sinning that we don't even have integrity inside the church. And of course, we're, are like, you kidding me we're right even now? worse towards people outside the church. Right? And so, yeah, there's, where's the love that covers a multitude of sins? Where's the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that God shows us? Where's the multiple Jeez. chances? Right? God, wow. God, didn't, God wow. didn't point at us and say, what you're doing is, is a sin. It's illegal. It's criminal. I'm going to cast you out. He came for our heart, and he changes our heart, which changes our actions. That's crazy. And the church needs to get back to reaching people's hearts. Mm-hmm. And you cannot reach people's hearts with what we're doing right now. We're saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna control your life. I'm gonna control your actions. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that you understand that everything you are and everything you do and everything you believe that you are as a person is illegal yeah. and a violation and a sin and an abomination, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you can't reach someone's heart that way. And your past redemption, yeah, if you, you, you we if don't, you don't see do Jesus doing. He did not engage the world that way. Yeah, he didn't. And so I don't know why we think that we can or should or want to. Why do we want to? Why do we want to? That's a wow, man. So next week uh, looks like we're gonna we'll continue this same conversation, but we'll have someone joining us. Um, and we'll find out his unique perspective um, as a uh, public servant um, and as a pastor, because um, I'm sure he he's got to hear from both sides. Right. Um, the abortion issues, the race issues. Yeah. yeah. Um, Someone who, as a yeah. Christian, has to stand yeah. in a political place where you have yep. to lead both believers and unbelievers. Yep. So I'm excited to continue this conversation. Like I said, it was just me, Jesse, and the Holy Spirit today. <laughs> but next week we're gonna be joined. I don't probably not everybody listening right. <laughs> believes that it was the Holy Spirit <laughs> with us, but <laughs> Right. I didn't even think about that. But he was because He definitely was, because, yeah. Because yeah, because you don't have to invite the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us. 100%. The fullness of Christ. hundred percent. The Bible says the fullness of Christ is within your flesh body. Yeah. Because of the miracle of the cross. And resurrection. So, man. So, where where can people go if they have any? I like how my. I don't friend, know if I want to tell them on this one. But <laughs> <laughs> well, check no. this out. This is how um, Stephen closes his podcast, and I love it. I don't want to steal it, but I I just love how he emphasizes this. He goes, "If you have any encouraging and kind things to say, <laughs> send it to." Um, so, if anybody has any 
Where can they go if they have any encouraging or kind words or topic suggestions? Yeah, topic suggestions, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, you guys can uh, comment or uh, message us on Facebook at The Faith Chair, um, or you can email us at faithchairpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's faithchairpodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Y'all have a great weekend. We out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Join us next time. Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to ask and answer questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. But until then, we'll see you guys next time here on The The Face Face Chair. Chair.